Have you ever tried to hire somebody and it went horribly wrong? Bringing someone into your world is always a roller coaster ride, full of excitement, anxiety, optimism, and a whole lot of baggage. We usually don't focus on the process of hiring someone. It should be straightforward, right? Ask questions, get answers, make a decision. But unfortunately, it's just not that simple, no matter how much we want it to be. Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. This week, I want to walk you through yet another business fail of mine. I tried to hire someone recently, and, well, surprise, surprise, it didn't really work out. Last month, I tried to hire a sponsorship director. One of the ways that the Founding Moms makes money is that we promote brands that help small business owners. We add them to our blog and our newsletter and our social media channels and talk them up big time. In recent months, we've had an influx of inquiries. It's a really good thing. And instead of spending more time on it myself, I thought it'd be good to get another person involved who could help manage that part of the business. I interviewed loads of applicants. Then I reached out to the three gems who stood out to me and asked them for a follow-up call. I chose them based on a variety of things. Their resumes, the grammar in their emails, because I'm a stickler, and my intuition based on all of the experience that I've had. I picked the most outgoing candidates who seemed to understand exactly what I was looking for. When I narrowed it down from those three to the right person, I shot off a contract and I fist-pumped the air. Things were happening. You know that feeling you get in your gut when you can just feel that someone's a good fit? I was already thinking about how she was so perfect that she'd make the role her own. She'd come up with things we hadn't even thought of yet at the Founding Moms. She'd find us new leads, create new relationships, and become a forward-facing mogul of sponsorships on our behalf. So, can I get carried away with the idea of a new hire? Yes. Yes, I can. She replied. Let's call her Natalie for the sake of this episode. And she told me that the payment was listed differently in two different spots in the contract that I had whipped up without thinking. Oh, and her last name was misspelled. See, I take pride in getting the spelling of people's names right when it's not in a contract. So you can imagine the embarrassment of doing it in a legal document. Did I also mention that I went to law school where I aced my contracts class? I edited the contract quickly and I sent off a second one, hoping that my speed would somehow make up for my mistakes. I mentioned in the email I sent along with it that I was making a list of her first to-dos and I'd send it the following Monday. Oh, yes. I thought that maybe by seeing how gung-ho I was about having her join the team, she'd ignore all those mistakes and sign that dotted line. I guess I also hoped that she had a bit of ESP and could read between the lines that I meant I was no good at doing anything but coming up with ideas to build my own business, and that's exactly why I needed to hire people like her. Attention to detail? That's for other people, 
not me. She would totally get that by this first back and forth with me, right? But she quit before she began. There was a clause that didn't sit well with her. And frankly, I get it. The contract template was drafted by my incredibly awesome attorney. By incredibly awesome, I mean that she's extremely thorough and she thinks of every angle that could ever possibly arise if things go awry. So she added a payment clause that mentioned I had up to 60 days to pay people. Let's get into it, shall we? Legally speaking, up to 60 days means that I can pay you any time between zero and 60 days. If you want to be paid on day 14, that's lovely. But legally speaking, if I don't, and I give it to you on day 16, according to the agreement, you have zero right to go after me in a courtroom because you agreed when you signed that contract that I have up to 60 days to pay you. Makes sense, right? It sure does, to a lawyer. But when non-lawyers read this stuff, they infer what they want without asking about it. Natalie inferred, and by inferred, technically I mean made up, that I would take two months to pay her. She never asked me to clarify anything. To her, it must have been clear as day. Contracts traditionally are pretty scary to people who aren't lawyers. This lengthy period of time didn't sit well with her, particularly because this was a contract job and not a salaried position. So we're not even talking millions of bucks coming to her. Was she strapped for cash? I have no idea. Did she decide that we weren't a fit purely based on this clause? I'll never know. But she did tell me that she was quote-unquote forced to turn down the job. My hunch is that between the few mistakes I sent her the first go-around, and then her finding the unsettling few sentences about money, she just wrote the whole thing off. Sure, she wasn't a fit in the end. Yes. I'm very grateful that we didn't move forward. Do I wish that I was a bit more thorough during the excitable hiring process? Of course I do. Even lawyers like me want to move past the uncomfortable parts of the job that we didn't want to do in the first place as swiftly as possible. Crafting a contract when that's not the main focus of my business? No thank you. Editing said contract that I just crafted so that every sentence makes sense and its recipient will agree to all of the terms? I'd really rather stab my eyeballs with a fork, to be honest. Yet, it's a pretty important piece to making people happy. And that is my aim as someone who hires and works with people every single day. So the next time this comes up, I either have to suck it up, put the forks away, or make sure that I cross all my T's and dot all my I's before sending a contract out. Or I have to be self-aware enough to hand off the contract creation to somebody else and make sure that they're really good at catching phrases that can be interpreted in more than one way. Hopefully you're far better than me at knowing when to hand off the things that aren't your strong suit. And if you aren't well-versed at the handoff in your own business just yet, well, that's for another episode, isn't it? You don't call, you don't write, do both. Call or text me at 708-872-7878 or go to jillsalzman.com slash podcast 
to record a message so that I can talk to you in a future episode. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting and leave a review. It helps other listeners discover my ridiculous stories so that they can build better businesses. Shout out to Amanda, Lindsay, and Aaron for making this podcast with me. And thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week.